Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. I like what Pastor Stephen Cole said. He said, a healthy church is marked by continual devotion to the Lord, to his people, and to his work in the world. This was true of the church, the first church in Jerusalem in the book of Acts that we are studying. I believe this is also true of our church. We are the church. We are the called out ones in Christ Jesus. God has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him, in Jesus, we have forgiveness of sins, redemption by the blood Jesus shed for us on the cross of Calvary. God has set us apart from sin and set us apart in Jesus for Jesus. We enjoy a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We enjoy a relationship with one another by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And a healthy church is made up of healthy Christ followers. Healthy Christ followers live God's way in God's power. Healthy Christ followers are devoted to God, to his people, and to his work in his world, which is helping others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus and go for Jesus. And so we know as followers of Jesus Christ, just as physical health allows us to grow physically, so spiritual health allows us to grow spiritually. And so we're going to continue growing spiritually this morning with one another as we dive into the Word of God. Again, open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 2. If you're not already there, move there. Uh, Now, Acts chapter 2, we are learning from uh, this healthy church made up of healthy church members, healthy Christ followers in Jerusalem years and years ago. And so we're looking at what God was doing in them and learning from them because what God was doing in them is also what he is and longs to continue to do in us. And so we pick up with Luke in Acts chapter 2. And Luke wrote these words, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all all the people, every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. We are identifying commitments that we see here in this passage that God wants us to make, to renew, to increase, so that we can continue living his way in his power. These commitments that we're talking about, that we have been discussing, that we'll continue to discuss this morning, these commitments increase our desire for God. 
these commitments increase our devotion to God. These commitments increase our spiritual health. These commitments increase our spiritual maturity. These commitments increase our spiritual sensitivity. These commitments help us to see and to respond to ourselves, others, and our circumstances God's way. These commitments help us to live God's way in God's power. So we're going to continue looking at these commitments. Let's review the first three quickly because we've already covered these first three the past couple of Sundays. So we'll review these uh, real quickly and then we'll move forward to the other commitments that God has for us this morning. The first commitment, as we see here in this passage, is that we're going to be biblical. Uh, Luke told us that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. God wants us to devote ourselves to the teaching and preaching of his word. He wants us to devote ourselves to sitting under the preaching and teaching of his word. He wants to devote ourselves to the study of his word. Most importantly, he wants us to devote ourselves to obedience to his word by his power at work in us. Again, as I shared last Sunday, the other commitments that we're going to talk about, the other commitments that we're going to identify stem from this first commitment to be biblical. The second commitment is be relational. Luke said they devoted themselves to the fellowship. Fellowship in the original language, koinonia, means community. It means partnership. It means sharing. It means to have in common with. These believers in this church were enjoying fellowship, community, unity with one another because they were family in Jesus. They were devoted to God first, but they were also devoted to one another. We enjoy fellowship, community, unity with one another because we're family in Jesus. We're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God wants us to be devoted to him and to one another. And as we devote ourselves to one another, we're able to share encouragement and support and accountability and God's blessings with one another. And so we're going to be biblical. We're going to be relational. The third commitment is be missional. Luke said there in verse 47, every day the Lord added, say that with me, every day the Lord added, one more time, every day the Lord added to their number those being saved. Like these believers experienced years and years ago, we share, we serve, we love, God saves. We are able to share Jesus with others by our words. We're able to show Jesus to others by our walk. Being missional happens as we give, as we pray, and as we go, as we discussed last Sunday. We give our tithes and offerings to the Lord weekly, monthly, so that the good news of the gospel can go forth and ministry can go forth from here, right here, us, within us, around us, but also so that it can go to the nations far from us. We pray for opportunities, for God to open doors for you and me to go to those near to us, our neighbors, our coworkers, our teammates, our classmates, and invite them to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Invite them to church. We pray for opportunities for God to give us those open doors, those divine appointments to go to those close to us, and even to give us opportunities to go to those far from us with the good news of the gospel. We also pray for others as they go to the nations with the good news of the gospel. We pray for others as they go to those near them with the good news of the gospel. And then we go. 
we go. We don't just give and we don't just pray about those opportunities. When God gives us opportunities, we go. We go to those close to us. We go to those far from us. And we tell them the good news of Jesus. Maybe it's simply we go to those close to us, invite them to come to church with us, and watch God do his work in their life in amazing ways. But we give and we pray and we go. This is how we're missional. In doing so, we go on mission with Jesus, and we support all those who are on mission with Jesus. We support those that are our missionary partners in the nations. In particular, John and Ebby, as we mentioned them last Sunday, they're on mission in India. we got a few pictures that I've uh, been sharing with John and Ebby uh, over the last several weeks. This is John and Ebby taking some of the gifts and uh, the monies that we have given them to minister, as we shared last Sunday. They have a ministry in the areas where they're in, the city where they live in, where they go and give gifts to folks, which opens gospel opportunities, because these folks are in need. They have great needs, and so they're able to bless them which wins them an opportunity, an open door to share Jesus with them. This is John with a, a life team, a house meeting, a small group, studying the Word of God and praising God with those there as they are learning more and more about the good news of the gospel. This is John preaching and teaching the good news of the gospel. We are able to continue supporting their work. This is a church and a service where they are preaching the good news of the gospel and sharing with their brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's exciting for us to be biblical, to be relational, and to be missional. And we're able to support these. Yes, give them a hand. Give them a hand. What God is doing there with John and Ebby and through their ministry and their obedience and their faith in the Lord. And so this is the joy that we have in going to those near and far and supporting those who are far away from us so that the gospel can continue to go forth. So we're going to continue looking at these commitments. We're going to look at a few other commitments as the Lord leads us this morning. But I've gotten good news for us, and it is simply this. We can make, we can renew, we can increase, and we can practice these commitments. We can live in love God's way. We can become healthy followers of Jesus. We can become effective witnesses for Jesus. The reason is God has given us his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the strength because he lives in each one of us. The Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the strength to be who God wants us to be and to do what God wants us to do. And so we know that God changes us by his Holy Spirit at work in us. We can't change ourselves. We can't change other people. God changes us and others by his work in us. Our task, our goal, our desire each day is we trust God. We believe in God. We live out our faith in God by our obedience to God day by day. And we pray. And we pray and ask God to help others trust Jesus. We pray and ask God to help others turn to Jesus. We pray and ask God, those of our family members who may have walked away from Jesus, to return to Jesus. And we look for opportunities to point others to Jesus. But we don't get stressed out. We don't get worried. We don't get overwhelmed. We don't get discouraged. We don't get defeated because we can't encourage change or make change happen in others. That's God's business. God changes us. And God changes others by his work in us. And it is 
a blessing when God starts to change us. It's a blessing when God starts to change those around us. When we find in ourselves this desire to know the Word, to study the Word, to be around other brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus who are living the way we're living, who are seeking to learn the same things we're seeking to learn, who want to grow in their faith in Christ like we want to grow in their faith in Christ, that is the hand and power of God at work in us. And it's Amazing to see. And so we know once again, we don't ever want to forget, when God calls us to his work, he equips us for his work. We join God in his work, in his strength, for his glory. When God calls us to his work, he equips us for his work. He equips us to follow him by faith. He equips us to walk in obedience to his word. He equips us to give and to pray and to go and to serve and to encourage and to love. He does his work in and through us. As we see evidenced here in this passage with these believers, the power of the Holy Spirit was exploding in this church family. Great things, God things were happening. And I believe the same is happening here within our church family. And so these commitments are vitally important so that we can continue to see God at work in and through our midst and so that we don't miss out on anything that God has for us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on anything God has for me. And I'm sure you don't either. I don't want to miss out on a thing. And so we continue looking at these commitments. The fourth commitment is be generous. Be generous. We see here in verses 44, I want to draw your attention back to verses 44 and 45. Now all the believers were together, all the believers were together, and held all things in common. They, plural, sold their, plural, possessions and property, and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. These believers understood generosity. They knew generosity starts with God. They knew God generously sent his son Jesus to rescue them from their sins. They knew Jesus generously gave his life for them on the cross of Calvary to provide forgiveness for their sins. They knew God generously forgave them of all their sins, past, present, and future, by the blood Jesus Christ shed on the cross of Calvary for them. They knew God generously gave his Holy Spirit to dwell in them, to empower them to be disciples, followers, and witnesses for Jesus. They knew God generously adopted them into his family at the moment of salvation by his grace through their faith in Christ Jesus. They knew generosity started with God. They knew God is the most generous giver ever. They knew this. We're reading about this. We're studying this. But they understood generosity, but that's not it. They practiced generosity. They embraced stewardship. They knew all that they were and all that they had was from God. They knew God was the owner and they were his managers, his stewards. And so they responded with generosity to God and to one another. They responded in amazing generosity. As you see here in this passage, they were generous with their time. 
Every day, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were giving their time to God generously every day, meeting in the temple. But they also gave their time generously to one another. They were meeting from home to home, house to house, spending time with one another in one of those homes, praising God together, eating food with glad and joyful and sincere hearts with one another. But notice they were also generous with their treasures. They were generous with their treasures. They gave generously to God through the church so that no one would have unmet needs. Not wants, needs. And so they practiced generosity in giving of their treasures. And it's important because we see Luke used the plural, and so we know these believers in this church, they understood generosity, and they understood and practiced generosity, and so they were all giving generously and sacrificially and cheerfully. Now, we see God's giving principle in this passage. We also see it throughout the rest of the New Testament. But God's giving principle is real clear here in this passage. And we know throughout the context of the Word of God, His giving principle is not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. Giving God's way is not about equal gifts, it's about equal sacrifice. We're all called to sacrifice. We're all called to give generously. But that looks different for us because we're in different situations, stages, ages of life. But the standard, the goal is generosity and sacrificial giving. We see some of these believers had possessions. So some of, some of them were well and off enough to, to have possessions. And they sold some of their possessions. And they came and they gave the proceeds to God through the church. So that then the, the leaders of the church could distribute the money so ministry could continue. Some own property. Some of them have properties, plural, and they would sell some of the property and they would bring the proceeds, give it all to God through the church. The leaders would distribute, ministry would go forth. They were all giving. They were all giving sacrificially. They were all giving generously and God was at work meeting their needs and doing amazing things in their midst. And so we see in this principle, God, giving God's way is not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. That was the point Jesus made when he commended the widow's gift of the two coins, the two small coins, the two mites, two very insignificant coins. Didn't amount for much at all. And yet Jesus Christ, watching what was going on in the temple area, in the treasury, he saw that widow, and he saw her put those two mites in the treasury box, and he said, that is giving my way. That's giving. That's sacrificial, generous giving. Why? Because that widow, that's all she had. She literally gave all she had. That's called sacrificial giving. It's called generous giving. And she literally trusted God to provide her with breakfast and lunch and dinner that day. And the next day. And the next day, and Jesus looked at the others, many of the others who were walking in, and they had a whole lot, and they were just pulling out stuff that they had with them, and they were just tossing it in the treasure box. And Jesus said, "That's giving, but that's not, that's not sacrificial, generous giving." The widow, that 
is giving God's way. And so we see these believers understood generosity. They practiced generosity. Now we, as well today, we understand generosity. We know God is the most generous giver ever. We know God has generously saved us by his all-sufficient, amazing grace through our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We know God has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We know God is able to meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We know God is able to make all grace abound and overflow to us so that in every way, having everything we need, we can abound, we can excel, we can overflow in every good work. We know God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or think according to his power at work in us. We we know that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and he'll forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. We know and understand generosity. We understand generosity begins with God. We understand God is the most generous giver ever. And so we understand generosity, but we also practice generosity. We are generous because our God is a generous God. We are sacrificial in our giving because our God is a sacrificially giving God. We know that all we are and all that we have is from God. We know that God is the owner and we are his managers. We are his stewards. So it's our joy to be rich in our giving to God through the local church. It's our joy to be rich and giving to God. It's our joy to give our time and our talents and our treasures to God. And we're doing that right now as we're giving our time to God, as we're giving our, our talents to God through serving all throughout this building this morning. Our treasures to God as we give to him sacrificially, cheerfully, and generously. And God has been doing an amazing work in our midst recently, and we've been breaking records. I don't know if you know, but we've been breaking records in regards to this generosity that's been welling up within us and our church family. We broke a record with our dollar day giving for all all the years we've been doing it in December with our Prison Fellowship Angel Tree Ministry, we gave over $3,500 to minister to the children who had parents or incarcerated or parent. We set a record in our IMO offering, our international missions offering, as we celebrated last Sunday. We gave over $36,000 to support our international missionary partners so that the gospel could go forth to the nations. I'll share with you again this morning. We got another. Record we set. Last Sunday, we set a record in giving to support our student ministry through the spaghetti lunch. Who would have known that spaghetti and meatballs would break a record? God knew. And through your generosity, we set a record. And I'm going to let our student minister share that record with you a little bit later on as they celebrate the greatness of God with you. You see, God wants us to be generous and giving our time and talents and treasures to him, but he also wants us to do that with one another. He wants us to be generous with our forgiveness of one another. He wants us to be generous with our help for one another. He wants us to be generous with our kindness to one another. He wants us to be generous with our listening to one another. He wants us to be generous in loving one another. He wants us to be generous in ministering to one another. He wants us to be generous in our patience with one another. He wants us to be generous in our prayers with and for one another. He wants us to be generous in our support of one another. He wants us to be generous in our service to one another. He wants us to be generous in our blessings 
to one another. Jesus commanded us, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. Because Jesus said this, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Paul said it in this way. The one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But the one who sows generously will reap generously. Why did Jesus challenge us that way? Why did Paul share those words? Because generosity is important to God. And therefore, it should be important to us. As we embrace God's generosity, we will express our generosity. As we embrace it week in and week out, we'll express it week, out, week in and week out to God and to those he places around us. So we're being biblical, relational, missional, being generous. The fifth uh, commitment here is be confident be confident. These believers, as we see in this passage, were confident in the Lord. They were confident in the risen Savior, Jesus. They were confident that Jesus was the only way to God. Peter declared confidently in this passage, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. They were confident that God was with them, for them, and working in and through them. They were confident that God God was meeting all their needs. They were confident that the Lord was adding to the number daily those who were being saved. They were confident that God was growing them in their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Peter confidently said, when the Jewish religious leaders threatened him to stop preaching and teaching Jesus, he said, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide that. We are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard, meaning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The confidence these believers had in the Lord Jesus Christ was compelling and motivating them to live as the victors, to live as the overcomers, to live as the more than conquerors that they were in Christ Jesus. And we can be confident in the Lord. We should be confident in the Lord. Just like these brothers and sisters, we should be confident in the Lord. We know Jesus is the risen and exalted Savior. We know faith in Jesus is the only way to God. We know that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved for it's with our heart that we believe and are justified. It's with our mouth that we confess and are saved. We know God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we could become the righteousness of God. We know everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. We know to those who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. To those who believed in his name, we know Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through him. We know God is with us. We know God is for us. We know God is working in and through us. We know God is making us more like Jesus. We know God is growing us into effective witnesses for Jesus. We know God is sovereign on his throne and he is in control. We know God is not worried. He's not sweating. He's not stressed. He's not concerned about anyone or anything. We know God will never leave us, fail us for 
forget us or forsake us. We know God's word is trustworthy and true. We know God hears and answers our prayers according to his will for us, which is best for us. We know greater is he who's in us than he who is in the world. We know no one can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. We know nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. We know no temptation has seized us except what is coming to man. And our God is faithful. He'll not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. But when we are tempted, he'll provide a way out so that we can stand up under it. We know there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We know God will work all things together according to his will for us. That those of us who are called according to his purpose. We know our God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We know he is the Alpha and Omega. We know he is the beginning and the end. We know he is greater and higher than all. We know that Jesus said, follow me and I will say will. I will make you fishers of people. We know Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And remember, I am, say I am with you always to the end of the age. We know Jesus said, for you will, say will, receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will, say will, be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the end of the age. We know Jesus told us, ask and it will, say will, be given to you, seek and you will, say will, find and the door and knock and the door will, say will be opened unto you. We know Jesus said, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will, say will, I will come back for you and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. The confidence that we have in King Jesus compels and motivates us to live as the conquerors, to live as the victors, to live as the overcomers that we are in Christ Jesus. What Jesus says to us, he means. And what Jesus says to us, he does. And we have the confidence every day not to live under our circumstances, but to live above our circumstances, to live in the power that is alive in us, in Christ Jesus, no matter what is happening to us, no matter what is going on around us, no matter who is coming against us, we are victors in Christ Jesus. And that's confidence that we have in Christ Jesus allows us to continue living his way in his power. Amen. Amen. I don't know why it is. And I ask myself this question all the time, Mark, why are you not living in the confidence that is yours in Christ Jesus. God convicts me so often. Wake up. Look up. And walk out. And that confidence that is yours in Christ Jesus. God reminds us that we have the opportunity to lift up our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I don't know about you, but that sounds really good to me. I don't think you can get much better than that. We don't lift up our eyes and know that our help comes from ourselves. We don't lift up our eyes and look and know that our help comes from the world. We don't lift up our eyes and know and look that our help comes from others. No, no, no. We lift up our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. He made this earth, the maker of heaven and earth. That gives us confidence to live out 
this victorious Christian life that is ours. And yes, it gets challenging. Yes, because we face circumstances and we face sufferings and we face news health-wise, news financial-wise, news career-wise, news school-wise, new families-wise, news friendship-wise. We, we hear and we chat. We're de- we deal with challenging circumstances and very, very difficult circumstances. We deal with sufferings and hurts and hang-ups and addictions and challenges. Yes, but we know and understand in the midst of all of those, we have... The King of kings and Lord of lords. We are his. He is ours. And he is our help. And we know and understand, as the psalmist said, and David said this and he knew this well, and you know this as well as I do. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And that's about all I need to know. There's a lot more that goes with that psalm, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. He's going to meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. My wants, maybe not. But his, his will's best. His plan is best. And if the worst thing that happens to me, which I can fathom being the worst thing that happens to me, is, is my time is up, that's not bad because I'm going to glory. And we'll spend eternity with the Father. And that's the confidence each of us has in Christ Jesus. Always ready and understanding. Maybe not ready to go right just yet. Stuff that we still want to do and ministry still to be done and fellowship and friendship and love and family to still continue, but ready because of that confidence that we have in Jesus. So we're going to be generous. We're going to be confident in a sixth. So we're going to be excited. We're going to be excited. Look at verses 46 and 47. Luke said, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. They were excited. They were excited as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Exciting things were happening in this church. And it's exciting to be a part of God's work in our church family. It's exciting for me. I hope it's exciting for you. I believe it is to be a part of God's work in our church family. Listen, God is changing folks' lives. God is making us more like Jesus. God is filling us with spiritual desires. That doesn't come naturally from within us. It comes from the Holy Spirit at work in us. That's exciting to see. That's exciting to hear. It's exciting to watch God work. It's exciting to join God in his work in our church family. It's exciting to tell others about God's work in our church family. It's exciting to wait with God for God to do his work. It's exciting to praise God for his work in our church family. It's exciting to worship together. I can't wait to get here every Sunday to worship together. I can't wait to see you here Sunday in and Sunday out. It's exciting to be here because we know God is with us. He is here. He is in our midst. That means anything is possible because God is here. He is in our midst. We know that not only that, God knows us best. God loves us most. God's eyes are on us. God's ears are open to our cries for help. God is speaking to us by his spirit in us through his word before us. God is going to continue his work in us, for us, through us, and around us. And whatever God does with us is best for us. Whatever God says to us is best for us. This is exciting for you and for me to be able to be a part of God's work 
in his world, in his church, in one another's lives. It's so exciting to be part of God's work. It's like uh, the Old Testament Lamentations chapter 3 tells us because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. His mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is the Lord's faithfulness. God's mercies never end. They are new every morning. This is exciting news for you and me. God's grace never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's love never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's kindness never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's joy never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's peace never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's hope never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's truth never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's wisdom never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's strength never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's patience never ends. It's new every morning for us. God's peace never ends. It's new every morning for us. This is why it's exciting to live out this life that God has given to us in Christ Jesus. So exciting to worship together, to join together, to pray with one another, to pray for one another, to serve one another, to minister to one another, to encourage one another, bless one another. It's so exciting to watch God do his work in our midst, in our ministries, in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our friendships, in all that we're able to see, that God allows us to see, we're able to see him at work in amazing ways. So let's make these commitments. Let's renew these commitments. Let's increase these commitments. Today, again, as the Lord is leading, maybe it's one in particular, maybe it's a couple that God's calling you to increase or, or to renew, or maybe to make, to start today, this week. And then let's be sure that we practice these commitments. It's exciting to know Jesus. It's exciting to love Jesus. It's exciting to live for Jesus with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this response to the Lord. And I want to encourage you just to respond to the Lord this morning by just offering yourself to him. Our prayer partners are standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you, pray over you. If you have a care, concern, a need, they would love to intercede to the Father on your behalf. They'd love to just bless you or encourage you as well. If you've yet to receive God's gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and that new life, that abundant life, that eternal life that is only ours as we respond to God's grace and work in our lives through our faith in Jesus, then I would encourage you to receive this gift from God today. Trust in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, his finished work on the cross for you. Jesus 
his perfect life, his death, burial, and resurrection opened the way for us to receive forgiveness of sins and to enter into a relationship with God as we repent of our sins, confessing to God, and then we respond to God's grace by simply receiving his gift of salvation by placing our faith in Jesus. Simply saying, Jesus, come in to my life, take over, take charge. From this point forward, I yield, I surrender, I give myself to you. I give myself once and for all to you. I ask you now to do your work in and through my life. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for my salvation, that generous gift, God, that you have given to me that I have received today by my response of faith in Christ Jesus. Listen, we would love to celebrate with you if you place your faith in Jesus today. If you receive this gift of salvation, we'd love to celebrate with you. You can come and let one of these prayer partners know. I'll be standing here at the front. I'd love to know. I'd love to just celebrate with you. Maybe God's calling you to go and to minister to someone. The altar is open as it always is. Come and do business. Respond. Maybe you want to come with your husband, your wife, or brother or sister in Christ. Maybe you just want to come and kneel and, and say, God, I, I, I'm renewing my commitment to give myself away to you. God, help me to be generous. Help me to be confident. Help me to be excited about what you're doing in and through and around me in my church. This is God's time. Let's stand and let's worship the Father together.